The May 10th, 2023 of meeting of the Arlington County Board of Zoning Appeals is now in session. Good evening and welcome to the monthly meeting of the Arlington Board of Zoning Appeals, which is also known as the BZA. I am Richard Kaplan, Chair of the Board. The Board is made up of five citizens appointed by the Circuit Court. In addition to myself, we have Vice Chair Inta Malice, Judy Freshman, Portia Clark, and Lindsay Arthurs. Also present is the professional staff, including Blake Bowen, Board of Zoning Appeals Coordinator, Meg Ryan, BZA Associate Planner, and Brett Goldberg, BZA Associate, Associate Planner. I think Brett is joining us virtually tonight. We thank you for being here and extend a warm welcome. To avoid disruptions, we ask that you please turn your cell phones and pagers off or put them in silent mode. Before we begin tonight's hearing, I will discuss the board's powers and the procedures for tonight's hearing. The board's powers are prescribed in the Code of Virginia and are set forth in detail in the county's zoning ordinance adopted by the county board. The Board of Zoning Appeals does not have the power to rezone property or to amend the regulations set forth in the ordinance. That authority rests with the county board. This board does have the authority to do three things. First, the BZA can approve use permits that allow modifications of placement requirements for structures on one and two family lots where there is no option in the zoning ordinance to allow such modifications. In order to approve a use permit, the law requires that this board find that the proposal's use permit will not adversely affect the health or safety of persons residing in the neighborhood, will not be detrimental to the public welfare or injurious to property improvements in the neighborhood, and will not be in conflict with the purposes of the master plans and land use and zoning related policies of the county. In making these findings, the BZA shall consider whether the modification will promote compatibility of the development with the surrounding neighborhood because of the structure's overall size, footprint, and placement are similar to those structures on the properties surrounding the lot in question, and whether the modification will help preserve natural landform, historical features, and or significant trees or, or foliage. When approving use permits, the Board of Zoning Appeals may impose conditions that it deems necessary in the public interest, including but not limited to the duration of the use permit. Second, the BZA can grant variances from the, the specific requirements of the zoning ordinance. When granting variances, the burden of proof is on the applicant to prove by a preponderance of the evidence that it meets the following criteria. The strict application of the ordinance would unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property or that granting the variance would alleviate a hardship due to a physical condition relating to the property or improvements thereon and the property for which the variance is being requested was acquired in good faith and any hardship was not created by the applicant. That the variance granted will not be a substantial detriment to adjacent properties and nearby properties in the proximity of the geographic area. That the condition or situation of the property concerned is not of so general reoccurring a nature as to make reasonably practical the adoption of an amendment to the ordinance. The granting of the variance will not result in a use that is not otherwise permitted on the property or change the zoning cl classification of the property and that the relief or remedy obtained through the variance is not available through a special exception process as provided for under the zoning or subdivision ordinance. Lastly, the BZA can decide appeals of the zoning administrator. Now on to tonight's hybrid hearing. For those who are participating in person, on the front table, you will find a QR code linking to a copy of the application package, including the staff report for each case before us this evening. For those participating virtually, a copy of the application package can be found on the Arlington County BZA website. There is also a link in the chat for the application 
packages, I hope. Yes. I recommend that if you have not yet seen that report for your case, that you review that report before your case is called. If you are attending virtually and lose connectivity, please reconnect with us by phone. If you are attending via Teams, please keep yourself muted and cameras off until called upon. Turn off the sound on any other devices around you to minimize interference. When called upon to speak, please turn on your camera and unmute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon that is located in the meeting command bar. County staff does not have the ability to unmute you. The meeting chat is active for technical support assistance only. The meeting chat shall not be used for discussion, public comments, questions about the agenda items, or requests for more information. All public comments must be shared verbally or have been previously provided in writing for the record during the assigned public testimony period. This evening, staff will call each case and will provide a brief staff report and recommendation. Next, board members will ask any questions of staff that they may have. Applicants or their representative will be given an opportunity to make comments to support the application or appeal. Next, all speakers for the item will be called. Speakers must fill out a speaker slip online or is available on the table in the front of the room. After we hear from speakers for and against the proposal, the board may permit the applicant a brief opportunity to clarify any points. The board may ask questions of any speakers, but does not permit any cross-examination or direct questioning by others. For tonight's hearing, this board has deemed the following time limits for speakers to be sufficient. 20 minutes for applicants of appeals, five minutes for applicants of use permits and variances. We have deemed three minutes for representatives of organizations and two minutes for individuals as sufficient. After the board has gathered all the information we need and have discussed the case, we will decide the matter by voting on a motion duly made and seconded. A majority is needed to approve any motion. Public comments will take place only within the allotted timeframes. During public comments, a speaker timer will be displayed on the screen and speaker podium. Please be respectful of the time allotted. This is a public forum and tonight's meeting will be recorded and posted on the county's website. All information associated with tonight's meeting, whether spoken or written, is subject to the Freedom of Information Act requirements. Any appeal from the decision of this board must be made to the circuit court in accordance with state law. After your case of interest is heard, you are welcome to stay for the balance of the session or leave at your convenience. We promise not to hold leaving early against you. Again, thank you for being here this evening. Before we begin, I have a quick question for county staff. Um, Mr. Bowen, my understanding is that there's no outstanding appeals that have been filed since our last meeting. Is that true? That is correct. Thank you. Um, I believe that we have three items on what we call our consent agenda for tonight. For the public's benefit, the consent agenda is used by this board to quickly decide on agenda items that are complete and non-controversial. An item can be removed for the, from the consent agenda at any time by a board member or will be removed from the consent agenda if a member of the public desires to comment on the case, either for or against. Mr. Bowen, can you please call up the consent agenda cases? Uh, Mr. Kaplan, I believe the consent agendas are shown on your screen. Can you please, concern, uh, please confirm that these are the items that you're interested in doing a group approval for? Yes, I so confirm. Okay, thank you. Um, I will next read the uh, case language for each of these cases if you are ready for it. 
Uh, the first case and the group motion of approval is case number V-11834-23-UP-1, a use permit request by Rachel Bradley on behalf of Chris Fall and Sandra Wilkness, the owners, to permit a left side setback of 3.6 feet to the enclosed garage wall, 3.5 feet to the eave, instead of 10 feet to the wall, 6 feet to the eave as required, and to permit an aggregate side yard of 12.2 feet instead of 18 feet as required, regarding the conversion of an existing carport to a garage to an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 2223 North Powhatan Street within the Leeway Overlay Civic Association. The second case on the group motion of approval is case number V-11838-23-UP-1, a use permit request by Mark Coupard on behalf of Donald Patterson Jr. and Shirley Bloomfield to the owners to permit a left side setback of six feet to the porch instead of eight feet as required regarding a new screen porch to an existing one family dwelling on a corner lay in corner lot in the R8 zoning district on the premises known as 1701 North Inglewood Street within the Terra Leeway Heights Civic Association. The third and final case being considered for the group motion of approval is case number V-11839-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Jeffrey and Lindsay Nathan, the owners, to permit a rear setback of 19.7 feet to the wall, 19.4 feet to the eave instead of 25 feet to the wall, 21 feet to the eave as required, and to permit a street setback of 19.8 feet to the wall, 19.5 feet to the eave instead of 25 feet to the wall, 21 feet to the eave as required, and to permit a street setback of 16.3 feet to the porch, 16.1 feet to the porch eave instead of 21 feet to the porch, 19.5 feet to the porch eave as required, all from the easement for street purposes for 3rd Street South regarding a porch expansion and a new side addition in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 5907 3rd Street South within the Glen Carlin Civic Association. The staff recommendation in each of these three use permit cases is for approval subject to the conditions provided in the proposed resolution. Do board members have any questions for staff? One, okay, one second. Mr. Bonner, are there any speakers for these items? Uh, none that have signed up, no. Are there any speakers in the room or online that wish to be heard on these three items? Ms. Malice. Um, I would move the consent agenda as described by um, Mr. Bowen. I'll second on a motion for the consent agenda approval by Ms. Malice and seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? The only thing I would add is that um, I want to compliment the the applicants on their diligence in having complete um, packages. And sometimes it's nice to compliment them in person, but uh, I'm sure they'd rather forgo the compliment and and just get their applications approved. I, I too felt that their applications were unusually complete as well. Hearing no more discussion, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Authors. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the consent agenda for three cases passes five to zero. Mr. Bowen, will you call the next case and the first case on the regular agenda? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the next case on the agenda is case number V-11825-22-VA-1. This is a carryover item, a variance request by William B. Lawson, Jr., on behalf of Thomas Peters, the owner, to permit a main building footprint percentage of 28.6% instead of 25% as required, 
and to permit a total lot coverage percentage of 32.9% instead of 32% as required for a one-family detached dwelling without a qualifying front porch in the R10 zoning district regarding a new addition, conservatory, with fountain and built-in grill to an existing one-family dwelling in the R10 zoning district on the premises known as 3414 North Albemarle Street. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution denying the variance. An alternative resolution with conditions has been provided should the BZA see fit to approve the application as advertised. Staff will note that we do have one additional speaker who has signed up to speak for this case aside from our applicants uh, by the name of Rosemary Savati. Mr. Bowen, is there any supplemental material for this case? Uh, no, we have not received any since the last hearing. Questions for staff? I have one question. Uh, and it's, it's actually not a question, it's just a um, clarification. Uh, the previous, in our staff report, it says that uh, the BZA deferred this matter at our April meeting. That was at the request of the applicant. Is, th is that correct? Yes, uh, Mr. Lawson requested the deferral okay. for one month. Thank you. Any additional questions for staff? I have a question, Mr. Mr. Mm -hmm. Bowen, and uh, you might not be able to, to answer this. Does staff know um, the size of the current front porch on this? Um, not offhand. I'm sure I can find out for you. I, and if I do not know it, um, I'm, the applicant might be able to advise as well. I, I had checked on the um, the real estate records, which are not always accurate. Okay. And so that's why I'm asking. I'll take a look at the drawings. I think we did note that at some point. Thank you. I will. If I have other questions, I'll. Get to them later. Is the applicant with us or the applicant's representative? Uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman. Uh, for the record, I'm William B. Lawson, uh, Jr. I represent the applicant. Um, all my comments are going to be addressed um, uh, as to the variance. And um, last meeting, I did request a deferral. Uh, but I had not realized that you all had just got that massive uh, of information. Uh, I think it was the morning of the hearing. I didn't think it was fair to proceed without giving you an opportunity to review it. Um, this, this is uh, a variance for a person with a uh, physical disability, and we have special legislation that deals with that. And I'm going to respectfully submit that if, if this applicant doesn't deserve a variance, I, I can't imagine who possibly could. Um, to obtain a variance um, based upon a physical disability, you need to meet four tests. Is there a disability? Does it create a hardship? Is it alleviated by the modification? And is the modification reasonable? Those are the four tests. Staff and we agree on the first three. It is the fourth one we disagree upon. We think it's reasonable. Staff thinks that it is not reasonable. And I guess I would ask the board, um, who should determine what's reasonable? Should it be you all? Should it be the staff? Or should it be the person with the disability who has to live with that disability and be able to live in a home? Uh, the staff has recommended denial because they say there are alternatives. Um, we disagree. We don't think there are alternatives that are viable for this particular individual with this particular uh, disability. And first, you all need to understand, and Tom's here and he can tell you more about it, uh, but his, his body 
cannot regulate his body temperature when he's outdoors. And so uh, one of the suggestions is, well, we could have an outbuilding. Well, the problem with that is uh, he's got to get to it and he's got to go outside in order to to get to that. Um, the the you know, he wants to enjoy the outdoors like other people do. And so but he can't he can't go outdoors. So instead, he has a sunroom and the staff has said, well, just make it smaller or have less furniture. Well, I can't imagine anybody would go to a homeowner and say that furniture on your patio, you got too much, take some of it away or you need to make it smaller or something of that nature. I, I think to to demand a smaller addition or or less furniture may actually be a violation of the ADA uh, because it's denying an equal opportunity to enjoy life to someone with a disability. We also have the length of the sunroom and at the end of the sunroom is the area with the most light and that's where Tom needs to get to and he's got to uh, get to it. You know, he can't go outside to get there. Now, I would submit that the coverage provisions in this ordinance, um, they, they just penalize a citizen such as Tom. And one of the ironies of this whole case is that the staff says you got too much coverage. But if we add coverage, we can have more coverage. And that is if we increase the size of our front porch, we can have more coverage. Now, we know why this was adopted. It was a, I was on Zork when when all this came about. And the feeling was, well, people would enjoy their front porch. I did one at my own house. People could be on their front porch, enjoy their neighbors and socialize and so forth. But it's valueless to Tom. He can't go out there and socialize. He's got to go uh, into his sunroom. Now, one of the uh, another irony of this situation is that if we add about 30 square feet to the front porch, he could do an outbuilding, not attached to the main building, and he could almost double the size of, of the addition. Uh, he could go to 650 uh, square feet. So given that fact, uh, I don't see how the staff can conclude that this is not reasonable. Instead of being off over there, it's attached to the building. It's attached to the building because of the disability. So. We think that, that that's that, you know, the, the state legislation was written exactly for this uh, situation. I'm almost done. Uh, the last thing, the last point I would make is that both Fairfax and Falls Church have granted very similar variances and they have been done for a greater magnitude of coverage than what's proposed here. Um, thank you. I'll be happy to answer questions. Any questions from board members? Um, I'd like to hear from the speakers. Then. Would you like to hear from Tom first? I was going to okay. get a call, but uh, Mr. Owen, did you have any, do you have an answer to that question I had? Uh, which particular aspect of the question? The front porch, the size of the front porch. Oh, um, I believe. I can it, come back if not. I believe, I believe Mr. Lawson's assertion is correct. It's about, about doubling the size. It's about 30, 30 square feet. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you. We've gone over it over and over and over. Like it's been terrific to work with. 
the, the real estate records had it at 42, so I just wanted to 42. clarify. 42. <laughs> so that's, I was working off of 42, so I didn't want to, <laughs> thank you. Tom, I, is it? Yes. Yes. I think there's a you hit yeah. thing on there. Thanks. Can you all hear me? All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for taking time to hear my case. Um, I just want to add some some details to a couple of things that um, Mr. Lawson capably explained. Um, I can regulate my temperature somewhat. Uh, it's in extreme, it's in hot and cold temperatures that I cannot. I have a doctor's note um, explaining that as a result of my C5 uh, incomplete spinal cord injury that I sustained in 2013. Um, and it is a, it's a true hardship. Uh, it's a true danger to my health and well-being to be exposed outside um, in the heat in our, in our DC summers or in the cold. Um, and I learned during COVID the importance of being exposed to plenty of sunshine. My neurologist was adamant that I try to spend a lot of time outside and that was not easy in our current apartment. Um, hasn't been easy living in an apartment for the last 10 years. Um, and so the the hardship that I'm asking about is, is a, a, a real medical situation. Uh, the reason that the porch, um, expanding the porch isn't really an option for me is it's up a flight of quite a few stairs, as you've seen. Um, it's also down a step. And I've talked with my contractor about how we make that accessible. And it would give me about, you know, a third of the space to actually move around if I were to do that. So it'd be asking me to incur a great amount of expense for no utility. I hate to compare myself to anyone else with a disability ever, but it's kind of asking like a person with a visual impairment to light their walkway. It's just not something that they really need. Um, maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not in their shoes. Um, and then the separation uh, between the, the the space in um, my property and the, the backyard, it might not seem a lot to be separated by 20 feet from a separate building, but it's all, it's all the difference in the world to someone in a wheelchair. Up until I had my accident, I thought I knew what it was like living in a wheelchair. I had no idea. It's taken me 10 years to even start to understand it. Um, the goal of this house, just to step back for the, my wife and I, is for me to live more independently than I currently do, and for us to live um, in this house, aging in place safely. And on the independent side, I cannot re reliably and, and reasonably get to an outbuilding. Um, if there is snow, if there is sleet, if there is rain, there's ice, um, I actually require electronic wheels uh, assist, which and they go out when they get wet. Um, and so I could easily get stuck out there um, and have difficulty coming back. And then by the time I've like put my coat on in the morning to get out to the there, it's kind of already like vitiated its purpose. Um, the the reason to have a, a porch is a wonderful one. I want to have a place to host my neighbors. And when I got the uh, support of all the neighbors who can see my property from the front and all the people who can see the backyard from the back, all six of them, I explained to them that the carrot was I can't wait to host them in this space, uh, in a space that's as close to the outdoors as I can get. So many of them graciously invited me over to their own homes while I was uh, making phone calls and asking for this. And the reality is I, can, I can't get into any of their homes except one, one of the, my, my uh, neighbor, George Albright to the right, uh, his wife um, has passed away, but she's in a wheelchair and they have made some modifications. So I can visit him, but everyone else I can't visit. My opportunity for socialization uh, and getting to know my neighbors uh, is bringing them to my own home. Um, and I love the outdoors. My wife loves to garden. I'd love to be as much a part of that as possible. Um, the reason we bought this house 
was uh, we looked for three years. We looked at hundreds of properties. This is the only house we've ever found in the DMV area that had an existing um, elevator shaft in the central core of the house. So we don't have to add one to the outside. Now, unfortunately, the elevator is condemned. Um, and the uh, the company that uh, created the elevator went out of business. So it was about a, about a net, net, net there. Um, but all the other resources that we put into it, um, into the house have been been wonderful and we're excited to to have the house reach its full potential. Last thing is uh, I somewhat grandiosely call this a conservatory. Um, I wish it was, we can't afford that much glass. So this truly is a sunroom with hopefully um, specialized windows that allow in UV light. Um, I want that to be my office. I want it to be where my physical trainer comes and helps me. I want to work out there. I want to live as close as I can to the outdoors. Um, and uh, without having to to leave my home, uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, I understand that, you know, sometimes there might be a concern about creating a precedent. Um, one thing I've learned is that there's no two people in a wheelchair who live identical lives. I just know the life I live. I know it'd be vastly improved if I were to have this. And I think it'd be a, a beacon of aspiration for other folks in wheelchairs who want to live in Arlington their best lives. Thank you. Thank you. Is so the uh, conservatory is all glass? Is that literally? no? I can't afford all glass. No, no, I mean that's what a conservatory is. A conservatory properly is all glass. And Orangery okay. uh, has a higher. Unrelated. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Right now it's just a sketch. Are there any questions for the applicant from the board? We can come back. I'll come back. If you want to hear this? Okay. Is uh, Miss Savati? In the room or online? She's online. Online. Hello, Hi, can welcome. You me? Yes. That's great. Um, Mr. Peters doesn't need uh, me to fight his battles on for his behalf, but I was asked to give perspective. Many of you know me from Planning Commission, Disability Advisory Commission, and the Independent Center of Northern Virginia. I'm also a nurse practitioner. I manage care for people living in the community with spinal cord injuries. So it is my pleasure to speak uh, to support this project uh, from my level of expertise and uh, taking care of people with spinal cord injuries. I'm asking you to vote yes on the variance that's being requested here tonight by Mr. Peters, who lives with a significant disability due to spinal cord injury. Staff has recommended denial of the request and has offered alternatives that would seem reasonable if it were not being applied to a person living with paralysis. This is a club that no one wants to belong to. You do have the power to make his life more livable. Arlington County has now expanded zoning to allow more people to live in our community. Inclusivity has been the operative word. The conversation centered on social and economics, but this is inclusivity of a person with a disability. You know my life work, and I remind you that we cannot forget how many people with disabilities are shut out of our community. Due to economics and accessible housing, this request is a reasonable accommodation for somebody living with paralysis. Whether the addition is called a sunroom, solarium, or conservancy, it's a space that will improve the quality of life for Tom and daily wellness to accommodate accessibility for physical therapy table, office space, and to access the sun in a temperature-regulated space for Mr. Peters. As he alluded to, there was one of the people in our community who died a few summers back 
in D.C. because he went out in the summertime and his wheels got stuck. And that quickly he succumbed because he couldn't regulate his temperature in the few minutes before somebody came and found him. The suggested alternatives do none of these things to mitigate um, what he needs for, to live uh, well with his paralysis. This, new, this design will allow Mr. Peters to have sun in his face, particularly in winter. I have one patient who does have a sunroom and that's what gets her out of bed in the winter so she can go sit in her sunbeam and feel the warmth on her face. This is pure joy during the long winter nights and days short of hours of light. This variance will allow Mr. Peters to stay in his community and live well. To live a life that makes his life a little easier with the sun in his face during the winter months, to enjoy his friends and to move around uh, with the dignity that everyone deserves. It is rather impossible to imagine the daily hardships over the most mundane tasks that we do every day. This addition is an accommodation and is more than a setback in coverage in R10 and is also one that all his neighbors agree is the right thing in this situation. I hope you allow this variance as a reflection of our community values and what Arlingtonians stand for. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any questions from board members? Well, I, I think we're going to start a discussion, right? Discussion yeah. with for board members or questions, uh, questions of speakers or applicants for board members. Yeah, yeah, I, th um, I think we're, I think I need to talk to um, Mr. Lawson. I, I guess that's the are you the spokesperson in this case? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I think you correctly diagnosed that this um, case has to do with reasonable is the is operative word, which is is certainly um, not defined here. Okay. Um, so determine, you know, you, you made an argument that this is equivalent to a patio that somebody else might have. Is this patio size bigger or smaller than my patio, right? In other words, if if that would be the reasonableness, you know, that I have a patio and therefore it just is an enclosed patio. Well, my patio is not as big as this, right? Mm -hmm. So it, I'm able to operate with a smaller patio. Mm -hmm. Why is a bigger patio or bigger room than reasonable? You know, I mean, that, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, figure out a way to gauge what is reasonable. But I, I would say, you know, this is bigger than a lot of patios, and it's smaller than a lot too. Okay, so, you know, wh where do, where do we go with that? Uh, why, why would a pat, why would a conservatory twice the size of this not be reasonable? Well, the reason I compared it to the patio is. The ADA is set up so that a person with a disability can have the same life as a person without a disability. So that's why I compared it to a patio. 
and a person without a disability would just go outside. Um, Tom's situation, and I might ask him to come forward, um, he needs this for a number of reasons. One is to be in the sun. Another is to be able to uh, maneuver and to get out onto the patio for the times when he can because of the topography. I don't know if we have a picture that shows it, but he needs some distance to get to the patio. And he also needs to be able to maneuver the wheelchair. And so when you when you add these things, he really does need this size. We looked at at the request of Blake. We did look at the uh, possibility of shrinking it, mm -hmm. and it it just it, it's just going to be it's not going to be worth doing if it's shrunk very much. So I'm not sure I'm there on that that it's not worth doing if the purpose is to be exposed to sunlight. Mm -hmm. You know, a smaller area would be but he's got to get to where the sunlight is and I'm, I'm saying attached i'm not saying move it out out someplace right but he's but he's the distance to get to where the sunlight is is how long it is do you follow me yes i think i do you're saying that there's no sunlight near the house correct the sunlight is only far away from the house right we looked at narrowing it because we got to get that far into the backyard. We looked at making it more narrow and then you bump into his ability to maneuver. Is is that because the house blocks the sunlight? Yes. Is correct, Tom. What what directions of the Let's house? Let's let Tom come and speak to that. What just yeah, what direction does the house face? Yes, so um the footprint for the proposed sunroom is we came to that because um, that corner of the property is the only one that gets uh, the most sunshine. Um, the, you know what direction? The, what? Yeah, the back of the house is westward facing. So that's um, the sunny side. So it's the sunnier side of the house, but it's mostly blocked by trees. It's a the, the entire property is actually sunken by about five or six feet compared to our neighbors. So it's blocked by the neighbors' houses to a certain degree, and then also the neighbors' trees. So even with removing the trees that are on our property, and we want to keep as many as we can, because I love trees, um, we do have to get that far out to actually get to sunshine in the morning and through the day. And the second reason for the footprint is um, because of the turning radius required for my wheelchair. So just for like the ADA, 32, 36 inches. Is, um, I understand that part of it. Um, Okay, that, that, I'll, I'll follow up with staff then. Staff, did you look at sun studies? Were there sun studies presented with this application? No, not that we saw and we didn't perform any of our own, no. Right. So, I mean, that if that is an argument, then, you know. Um, so, the other, the other piece of it, and this is for, I guess, Mr. Lawson again, but again, the applicant may wish to, is the, I'm trying to figure out it's like you can't be outdoors. So why wouldn't a glass wall on the back of the house provide sunshine? I don't think you get the sunshine, do you? At the I mean, I'm just saying, if because you if you can't be out in the elements, right? That's the that's the right. reason for this. Why why can't the house itself be modified? This so, has glass in the ceiling. It so it's the it's the ceiling. 
Yes. That is the, the important part of this? It has it has glass in the ceiling and some of the sides. It's not fully glass because it would be cost prohibitive to heat and cool, but there is glass in the ceiling to let the sun come straight down. Look at sir, yes, the sunroom does have glass in the ceiling to get more sunlight in. Um, also, it allows us to contain the the um, heating and cooling costs. If we throw glass up against like the whole back of the house, um, we didn't really pursue this option very deeply, but the idea is that would create a lot of other like permanent things. And also there isn't sunlight that sunlight that hits that region of the house. I'm sorry, create other kinds of permanent things. Heating, then we have I, we didn't do a exploratory thing for like the cost of heating and cooling the entire backside of the house. So, I mean, if you have like an exposed like whole area of like windows. So that's not something that we like looked into. The idea okay. was. OK, uh, all right. Um, so if if the argument now is that. You need to get to the sun, I, I guess I would want to sun study. I, I would want a sun or shade study to, you know, if that is the crux of this, well, is that, that any other configuration wouldn't work in terms of daylight or sunlight. I mean, that that's not the only reason, but that is the main reason. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I can't tell, you know, I can't evaluate, you know, sunshine from where I sit right, right now. Any other questions for the applicant or speakers? Board discussion. Judy's got her hand up. Oh. Gentlemen. Sorry. Ms. I can appreciate uh, Ms. Malice's comments, but on balance, I find the request reasonable. Yeah, that, and that's and that it's going to be a subjective a subjective thing as to what is reasonable. I'm sorry, I, I missed what you said. I, I just didn't hear you. I said I could appreciate the, the point that Ms. Malice made. Um, I I don't support a sun study. I will take their word for it. So on balance, I find the request reasonable. I understand why staff, you know, technically finds it, recommends against it. But in this case, I'm I'm persuaded that it's reasonable. I agree. I I did have, I guess, a question for staff. Was there any further review done after the last deferral, or this was the original? Yes, we worked with uh, um, I worked with uh, Mr. Lawson and Mr. Peters, um, and I appreciate the compliment earlier. They were both also very nice to work with. Um, the idea was we would have loved to get to a recommendation of approval, and I think we, you know, we might have been able to get there. You know, maybe if we did a couple more iterations. Um, but with the current scope, um, we did feel that you know it still was not necessarily a, a clear-cut case of being reasonable. But we did do additional analysis after we got. Um, Mr. Lawson's uh, supplemental material last month, as well as um, a new statement of justification and email from Mr. Um, from Thomas and Mr. Barnes. May I follow? Sure, please. So you feel that you got closer. Could do you feel you could get even to the point where this could be built by right? 
I think it's going to be difficult because we're already over the main building footprint. And the only way to increase the main building footprint allowance is to either add a front porch or to build a detached garage. So it's going to be tricky to um, fully find this to be reasonable. It's also um, it's not just the um, disability criteria, which is the third one we reviewed. We also found that um, the additional of the seven variance criteria, the one related to this not being a general or recurring issue, wasn't really um, met. Um, you know, the R10 coverage regulations apply to all R10 properties equally. So we didn't feel that this was an especially unique property in any way um, that suffered from the coverage regulations. So that would be an additional hurdle to overcome. It's actually an oversized lot. Mm-hmm. How can I follow up? How how does that criteria intersect with the disability criteria number three? Thank. You. And maybe Mr. Lawson wants to speak to that after Mr. Bowen. From a staff perspective, they are distinct. I would say um, there's not really meaning that they're both required. Yes. Okay. Uh, the way we look at it is that the the first three criteria we talk about in the staff report, um, one of those three has to be met, and then all of the remaining four have to be met. Um, so really, we look at each one um, separately. So as long as one of the first three is met and all the last four are met, we can recommend approval. Mr. Lawson, do you want to speak to that? Um, yes, I, I think that the normal and the, you want to you know, the usual. I think you need to raise, I raise it, the micro I? for the microphone. I, mm -hmm. I think I think that the usual criteria for a variance based on the physical characteristics of a lot are not applicable. Um, I had also looked at some of the staff reports of other jurisdictions and, you know, is there a disability? Does it create a hardship? Is it alleviated by the modification? Is the modification reasonable? That was my understanding of the tests that are applicable for a variance for a person with a disability. And I think the other standards based on physical, you know, irregular shape, size, uh, better addressed through amending the ordinance and so forth are not applicable when you're dealing with a variance for disability. That's my opinion. I agree. Before you sit down, I, I don't I don't know if I have any questions for you. Um, and, and I don't want to interrupt if Ms. Malice was about to jump in. Um, I so my thoughts on this, I think I tend to agree um, with my other colleagues here. Um, I actually came into this hearing with, you know, pages of notes uh, and I, I read all of your supplemental and I was ready to go page by page and, and, and explain why I didn't think that some of the stuff that you submitted were applicable. Um, but I think that I have, um, so on, on the point of, of, um, number three, sorry, not number, uh, the second number three, um, whether it's general or not reoccurring, my opinion is, although it's not in the language of there clearly, I think that that condition does not entertain or foresee this situation where we have an applicant who is seeking um, an exception based on a disability. And, and um, I, I, I went back and listened, for example, to the cases that you cited, especially the one um, that this board um, years ago heard a dozen times, half a dozen times. Marshall. Mm -hmm. um, Marshall. Or an, an Andropolis. Okay. And I, I think you were on that case. I was on, yeah. Right, and th th this board heard it probably that, four, that, five, six times. Right. Right. And although I don't think it was granted at the time, um, the board made compelling arguments that or someone on the board made a compelling argument that the federal supremacy clause um, trumps state and and local code for the reasonable accommodation. <laughs> and so that's kind of my thought is, is that then the question is, as Ms. Malice goes back to um, 
and that gets me past that generally reoccurring that the board can can fashion a regulation is reasonableness, right? right? And I think that the ADA the ADA tries to set um, my language is going to be rough here. I think someone with a disability on uh, the same um, plane as as you know someone without the disability, and in you know in this case someone. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. I was just agreeing. Oh, okay. Out loud, apparently. I'm sorry. I, I, if, I, if I was saying something totally wrong. No. <laughs> okay. I thought you were disagreeing. Um, on on the same plane. And so, for example, um, you know, a, a patio can can be if my uh, I, uh, patio can be put in here. Can it not? Yes. Yeah, under eight inches by right. Right, under eight inches with without limit is, is my again rudimentary memory, right? And so so I kind of equate it to that of yes, yes, it, you know, obviously a patio would not do this applicant any good. And so this seems very reasonable to me as as kind of making up for that. And that's kind of my thought. Uh, let me see if I had anything else on my notes here I wanted to hit for the record. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know that I or anyone on this board is a good judge of reasonableness. I'm not sure I agree with um, your contention that the applicant should decide what is reasonable, because then that would open the door to you coming in here and saying, <laughs> I want to build a 99% coverage to so I can use every foot of my property, right? Well, that um, would be reasonable. But we're, 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 <laughs> we're not here. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not arguing that. So I didn't want to concede that point. Yeah. Um, but I think... Right, I think that's all that I, I, you know, I hit the highlights here. I was ready to talk about square footage of the adding the porch, um, but I, I was swayed by the applicant's um, um, explanation on that. You know, if if I could indulge uh, uh, for just another couple of minutes, after our Argonopolis case, I went to uh, Delegate Hope, and he got the language that now exists in the state code, and the whole purpose of it was to let BZAs know that um, uh, that the ADA is out there because it's referenced in the in the state code that it is out there and it needs and in certain cases you you chuck the you know the the lot specific criteria and you look at it from a, the viewpoint of ADA and you know the only variances that are now being required are uh, for coverage. Ms. Mouse. So. I wanted to follow up on your point, and then I have something for you too. Um, on patio size, what was I? Um, it, right. So if 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 you are not putting an, an uncovered patio deck, you know, under I think uh, eight inches is my memory. Right. Know, there's no limit on that. Okay. But in this case, that wouldn't do this applicant any good. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Um, the other question has to do with I, I'm interested in your view on durability of this. Um, um, this um, improvement. The, what does the state code say about what? To what extent does this improvement stay with the house or stay with the applicant? Um, <clears throat> if the BZA wanted to, you could require that when it's no longer needed, it would have to be raised. Mm -hmm. um, I would hope that the BZA would not add such a condition because I'm sure there's going to be people just like Tom that are going to look for something like this. Um, you know, if, if it hadn't have been this, it would have been for an elevator. This house was already over coverage. Mm -hmm. And so we tore out a, uh, a deck that was adding to the coverage um, and the elevators inside. 
and this house when it was built um, already exceeded coverage. Mm -hmm. So I would hope the BZA would not impose such a condition. But we could. You could, yes, ma'am. And and we have discussed that in the past too. You know when uh, you know when the need no longer exists, whether it's appropriate since it was based on a specific need, uh, whether that should continue. All right, thank you. Thank you. Discussion with the board. Or motions. Judy's going. I would not be in favor of asking for removal. I think there are enough people out there, given how difficult it was for them to find a house that was accessible. It would be absolutely absurd, in my view, to say you have to rip it out. Yeah, because this house could be perfect for somebody else in a similar situation. And, yeah. and I am, uh, after reading all the applicant's materials, I think that they have put a small fortune into making this house accessible. And I think that that tax is probably sufficient. Or maybe more than they should have paid. Right. Or had to pay. Just for the record, I wasn't suggesting that they tear it out. I was just raising the issue as, as for discussion so that we we're clear which direction we were going in. I think, had, I think that that is an important issue. We have discussed that in the past, I know. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's a case-by-case case thing. Right. It's not just a ramp that you can remove and use the front porch right. later. So I'll make a motion. Ms. Freshman. <clears throat> the alternative. In, in the case of variance V-11825-22-VA1, I move a uh, the the alternative resolution approval is advertised. Is it not as advertised? I'm sorry, are you going for or against it? As advertised. As advertised. Alternative resolution. Oh, you said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed the word alternative. Okay. Apologies. I'll, I'll second that motion, but I, 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 I really need to read the alternative. On what basis are we accepting or denying? Are there are all the elements in order or well it has three conditions. So the first one is on page ten. Right. Page starting on page nine. They didn't right. So but it starts with but it starts with whereas on page nine. Yes, the strict application of the terms of the ordinance would not unreasonably restrict the property. We say that's true. You know, I'm reading the staff's resolution. Right. Then I, granting the variance would not alleviate a hardship. Is is that also our finding? The the BZA finds that the granting of variance would alleviate a hardship. Yes, I think that there's. So, yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. I'm, yep. I'm just saying I'm looking for the. I, I know to the applicant the findings probably don't mean anything, but I think we need to be clear. I agree. What what we're approving, you know, what what we're saying here. Yeah, if I can interject for a second, um, of course, on our end, there's some guesswork and how you might approve this project. So okay. feel free to change those clauses as needed. All right. So would so we would actually say it would. Unreasonably, Correct. we would we would strike not. Correct. 
Yeah, the way I wrote it was that it, uh, the third variance criteria related to a disability was met. So oh. um, if you find that the other ones are also met, feel free to change well, that language. And that's for our discussion. In you know, are we okay? It doesn't unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property for the general public. Is that kind of where you how you looked at that? Why you made it? Yeah, from the perspective of our analysis, which is admittedly is very technical, like this property is intended to be used as a single family house and, and it, it currently is be being used as a single family house. So we, we're saying it can be used as a single family house. It doesn't alleviate a hardship as to a physical condition, but it does alleviate a hardship due to. I just I, I may I may be in complete agreement with this, but I'm just talking through in fact, this. I, yeah, I mean, I like I, so I'm reading the first um, two and I I am comfortable striking both knots in the first, whereas in the second, whereas in relation to this applicant and this property, because I think that this addition would would alleviate a, a physical hardship to the property because it doesn't have any physical outdoor space that this applicant can use. Mm -hmm. And um, this strict application of the ordinance in this circumstance would be would unreasonably restrict the utilization of the property. So I would be I, I would be OK if striking the knot, striking the knot, both of those two knots. OK, and, um, and, and I'm, I'm still reading. And then the yeah. Um, it would not be detrimental, not be detrimental. That's Yeah, I think those might think be those, the only changes is removing those knots and just giving it a clear. That's good. Are you? Um, Can I ask unanimous consent to, to remove amend to, to, to to amend the motion and remove the the yeah. knots and both knots in the first two whereas clauses? Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, is there any more discussion on a motion made by? Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Malice. Yeah, yeah, I'll second. I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant this variance passes five to zero. Congratulations oh, and not done. Good luck. Oh, done. okay. Not good luck yet. <laughs> One more. Mr. Bowen, will you call the associated use permit? Absolutely. Okay. The associated use permit for this case is case number V-11825-22-UP-1. There's also a carryover item, a use permit request by William B. Lawson Jr. on behalf of Thomas Peters, the owner, to permit a rear setback of 11 feet to the fountain instead of 25 feet as required, and to permit a left side setback of 5.6 feet to the built-in grill instead of 8 feet as required regarding a new addition, conservatory with fountain and built-in grill to an existing one-family dwelling in the R10 zoning district on the premises known as 3414 North Albemarle Street. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. We did have an alternative resolution here, but since you have um, approved the variance, it's moot now. I assume that there's no supplemental. There is not. <laughs> uh, would the applicant like to, or the representative like to be heard again? Uh, the only thing I'll say is we have a favorable staff recommendation and support from the neighbors, and that's my presentation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Would uh, Ms. Savadi like to be heard from again? Okay. It was Any? good to see uh, old friends and new faces uh, again, and uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Discussions now with the board or motions? 
Ms. Freshman. I'll move Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving use permit V-11825-22-UP1 dash 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 subject to the conditions listed. Second. 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 Ms. <laughs> Arthurs. One's in. Hmm? Motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Arthurs. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the associated use permit passes five to zero. This concludes the matter. Good luck. Thank You're you for welcome. coming. I thought you, your um, talk was extremely helpful to me at least. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the conservatory. Mr. Bowen, please call the next case. Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the next case on the agenda is case number V-11831-23-VA-1. This is also a carryover item. It's a variance request by Dean Kressinger on behalf of Lori Fischler, the owner, to permit a new addition that exceeds 50% of the aggregate floor area of the existing building on a non-conforming lot in the R27 zoning district regarding a new rear and side addition to an existing simulated dwelling in the R27 zoning district on the premises known as 719 North Oakland Street within the Ashton Heights Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution approving the variance request with conditions. And please note that we do have one additional speaker who's signed up to speak on this case, and that is Cindy Nelson. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. May I ask a question? Sure, sorry. So, this is a deferral for what reason? Uh, this was a deferral at the applicant's request at the April hearing. I was sure. <laughs> you have to get used Any to it. Any other questions or comments from the board before I? Is the applicant or the applicant's agent here? Please, come on up. Come on up. Um, good evening. I, uh, I'd like to begin by saying thank you to the board members for reviewing our proposal tonight. Uh, my name is Dean Kretzinger. I'm the architect and applicant for 719 North Oakland Street. I'd like to highlight a few of the key elements of our proposal. Uh, Ms. Fischler, the owner, is also here and will take a few moments immediately after to describe her extensive outreach to the neighborhood. Um, I'd first like to emphasize that we're not requesting any use permits for this proposal as our addition meets all current front, side, and rear setbacks. It also meets all lot coverage requirements for an R27 zone. You'll notice in our proposal lot coverage is approximately 36%. The allowed lot coverage is 53%, so our 36% is far below the allowable lot coverage. 719 North Oakland Street is unique in that it's larger lot than average in the neighborhood and is unique for its interior lot in that it's bounded by two alleys. These alleys provide additional buffer between our nearest neighbor to the north, 727 North Oakland Street, and to our rear neighbors, 712, 714, 16, and 718 North Nelson Street, who have, in addition to their rear yards in our own rear yard, an additional alley-wide buffer. The only house immediately adjacent to 719 North Oakland, not buffered by an alley or a street, is our adjoining neighbor whose owners have reviewed the plans and have written in support for the addition. As BZA staff have noted, the strict application of the ordinance significantly restricts Mrs. Fischler's ability to add to her home. 
While seeking relief from the hardship of the 50% zoning requirement, Ms. Fischler has chosen to proactively specify design elements that integrate and blend with the existing neighborhood's building fabric. For example, for example in lieu of building up beyond two stories, she's chosen at additional expense to herself to design much of the addition, fully 36% of it, below grade, where its presence is undetectable to neighbors. We further made a design decision to increase light and air to the nearby alleys and yards through the use of a hip roof to further keep the roof height low. This enables additional light and air to the surrounding neighborhood. Additional design choices, including exterior finishes that were selected from the existing palette of materials found in the neighborhood, such as brick, lap siding, and traditional trim boards. All these design decisions will make the proposed addition an asset to the neighborhood. And finally, the VZA has a long history of approving a waiver request such as ours. 703 Oakland Street, a home only four buildings away from this one, on the same side of the street, was approved in December of 2013 for a 50% waiver and is a nearly identical addition to Ms. Fischler's proposal. It, too, is a two-story with proposed addition and extends off their existing home roughly 15 seven off to the back, our proposal is about 15 foot four. It has a bonus room in the basement as well as two bedrooms on the second floor. This is a clear example that historically over many years and the tenure of many members, the BVA has approved relief to the hardship caused by section 1624B. And not just in recent BZA cases, but on a home only four buildings away from 719 North Earthland Street. So to conclude, our proposed addition meets all current setback and lot coverage requirements. Our proposed addition is designed to be sympathetic to the neighboring houses and adds value to the entire community. It uses historically accurate materials uh, found in other houses in the neighborhood, and its overall height is in keeping with that of the neighboring home. Due to Ms. Fisher's extensive neighborhood outreach, her proposal has received overwhelming neighborhood support. And certainly the proposal will allow Ms. Fischler to own and live in her home for many years to come in age and place. For these reasons, we hope the Board of Zoning Appeals will approve our proposal for the addition of 719 North Oakland. Do you want, do you want to hear from them? Please. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume you're the, the applicant owner. Yep. Thank you. Ms. Good evening. Fischler. I want to thank Mr. Kretzinger and BZA members and BZA staff for your kind consideration of this proposed addition. Can you state your name for the record? Is, uh, my name is Lori Faye Pischler. Thank I'm you. the owner. Just, I'm sorry, would you like me to stop? I'm just. <laughs> my daughter and I love our house. Um, we love our gumball neighbors and the Ashton Heights community. Last week, I enjoyed a happy hour, monthly happy hour with our gumball neighbors. And I've recently agreed to serve as the co-chair of the Ashton Heights Community Schools Committee. For the past several months, I have conducted extensive outreach. Um, with this care in mind and a desire to hear from neighbors regarding our addition, carrying the plat and the proposed plans. 
um, and a willingness to sit down with any and all who had questions. I reached out to the entire North Oakland and North Nelson side of the Gumball Park. I wanted to be sure that everybody was comfortable with what we were planning to do. As you can see from the letters that have been submitted, there is overwhelming support by all neighbors on the entire park, across the streets, next door, um, in, 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 um, on all sides. Um, and those materials have been submitted. I, I knocked on doors, I dropped items in mailboxes and mail slots. And when I didn't hear from individuals, I went back repeatedly until face-to-face -face discussions were possible. And many of those face-to-face -face discussions were inside of my neighbor's homes um, who were kind enough to allow me in and to take the time to review the plans. The support of the North Oakland and North Nelson neighbors means a great deal to me, to my daughter. We hope this support will be well received by the BZA. Our first meeting with our adjacent neighbor involved an in-person meeting, a walk around the property, a discussion, how grateful we are for their support, as well as the support by all of the other neighbors. My daughter and I need this proposed addition. We bought our home in May of 2020. At that time, no one could have imagined how our lives would have been changed forever by COVID. I now work from home and the addition of forest space for my home-based work and my materials. A desire for in-home visits are now much greater now than restaurants and our home addition would enable such visits by family, friends, and neighbors. And the addition affords greater privacy for my daughter and myself. Finally, as a senior, the addition will enable the aging in place as those needs are required. I sincerely appreciate all the efforts in preparing for this meeting, and I hope that our request will receive favorable consideration. Thank you all so very much. Thank you. Any questions for this applicant? Uh, just wondering, um, what was the reason for the deferral last month? Pardon? It was my 10th wedding anniversary. Sorry, guy. Is Miss Nelson? Miss Nelson, come on up. <laughs> Can you uh, uh, state your name and um, your address or location, assuming you live in the area? Sure. My name is Cindy Nelson, and I live at the residence behind Miss Dishler at 714 North Nelson Street. Thank you. I'm sorry, 7 what? 714 North Nelson Street. May I begin? Yes, please. Okay. Um, thank you for allowing me the time to provide comments this evening. Um, as I said, I live behind uh, Ms. Fischler, and I have several concerns about the variance requests and the harm that it would cause. First, there is a public alleyway next to Ms. Fischler's property, as you can see, as mentioned before, that is used by pedestrians and drivers. There are also five very tall trees along the alley, all of which are located next to where the property addition would be built. I believe an addition of this size would block the sunlight to the bottom 20 feet of those trees during the winter months and could severely damage or kill those trees. 
I believe those trees are located on Arlington County properties since they are outside Ms. Pischler's backyard fence. Also, the size of the addition make, would make that alleyway next to Ms. Fischler's townhouse considerably darker, which could present hiding places for suspicious persons and their vehicles. We have a public park, as can be seen up there in the back of our townhouses, where several children play and run throughout our backyards. I would not want a dark alleyway to be used as a hiding place for suspicious persons who can harm these children or nearby neighbors who use the alley for daily walking and daily running. As I mentioned in the board meeting, Ms. Fischler obtained, excuse me, as I mentioned in the board, to, as I mentioned to the board in my letter, Ms. Fischler obtained several approvals for her proposed addition weeks before the materials, including the architectural plans, were provided to the county for the variance request meeting. This proposes a conflict as the, the materials may not have been accurate and may not have been timely reported to nearby neighbors. The letter she provided to neighbors did not state the size, the number of rooms, space needed for the addition, and most importantly, did not mention that her addition enters from the setback line of her property. It also did not mention that the addition would be L-shaped and more than double the size of her current townhouse. Um, the first of its size in our Kenmore subdivision and in the surrounding neighborhood. A similar hearing for a proposed townhouse that was conducted in 2021 uh, the board voted no to this addition. I believe a precedent for addition of this size has already been established by the board. Um, she also mentioned that several in the area have been approved. However, there was a similar townhouse that was on a corner lot that was much, much smaller than Ms. Fischler's proposed addition. It is very modest and then is uh, congruent to the neighborhood. Uh, because of these concerns and the harm it would cause, I believe the variance request should be denied. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Are there Ms. questions for this speaker? Miss Nelson, uh, I note that you had sent a message, and I'm looking for, to see if there was a date. I guess it was April 13th. That I'm sorry, Ms. Nelson. You had sent a message that you wanted you would weren't able to attend this meeting. Is that correct? Uh, I I had sent a message and I wasn't going to be able to, but then my my plans changed and I sent another email and said, hey, I actually could be here for this meeting. So I had asked for the meeting to be postponed. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just um. Did we have that last? Yeah, the very last um, message in your package should be a BZA comment form. Did we have that in the package before last? No, we got that the day after the meeting. So this is the first time we we saw that you had requested a, def a deferral when it was in this package. So it would have been impossible for us to consider it because we didn't know, know about it until we received the you know the staff report. So th that's just clarifying some administrative stuff on our end. Okay. Um, I work for the government and I was on official travel for both the May and <laughs> okay. the June meeting. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to be in the area. So that's why I was pushing for the deferral, but then my travel got canceled for May. Okay. Well, we're glad you're, you're here. <laughs> Any additional questions for these speakers? Discussion for the board. I have a question for the speaker. Was there an attempt to reach out to any of your neighbors that they may not have seen the final plans? I'm concerned because when Ms. Fischler approached me about the um, addition, I was not um, given any draft plans, architectural plans about the addition. Um, addition, uh, the letter that she gave me was back in February. It was almost five weeks before 
the um, information was provided to the county about the addition. So in that five-year, five-week time period, there kind of been amendments to the architectural plans that apparently may not have been mentioned to the neighbors at the time. She went around to collect signatures. So I'm not sure uh, what information was told to Ms. Fischler, but as you can see in the documents included, the letter that she provided to the neighbors did not include any information that I alluded to about the size, the number of addition uh, bedrooms of that sort. The letter was very vague. I'm very concerned about the information that was actually conveyed to the neighbors because nothing is in writing. And I was not privy to the meetings that she held with the neighbors. So I just hope that the neighbors did not approve this on false pretenses. Thank you. Thank you. Anything additional? Discussion with the board. Well. Miss Malice. <laughs> uh, I have a question for the number one spot, ironically. <laughs> Pardon? You should get the number one question every time. Do you want me to, you want to say it for me? No, you just are always the first one. Go for it. Ready for it. Are you, I, I'll defer to anybody else that wishes to speak. Go ahead. No. I was just saying it always happens. Go ahead and speak, please. All right. Um, I had a question for staff. Um, in your justification, in the conclusion, you say the condition of the property is not so general and recurring as to make reasonably proper practicable a regulation nullifying the need for a variance. What, how do you interpret condition of the property? I may pass that one along to Meg as she wrote the staff report, and she can probably speak best to her uh, conclusion. Yeah, so I looked over the last few years to see how many of these applications have been submitted for this type of use, and I think it was just under 2% or around 2% of the applications received. But how do you, but the statement says condition of the property. How, how do you define the condition of the property? I'll interject, um, at least with one remark there, because um, we have seen other similar cases to this. One thing to note is that this property and the lot itself was created prior to 1950. Um, so, you know, it never had a chance to conform. You know, there are lots that are created after 1950. So that's one consideration. Um, it's just that the lot was um, created a long time ago. And that's not true of all lots. You know, subdivisions happen today, you know, still. So would, would you... Um say that all property that was built before the ordinance and is non-conforming should be granted variances? Uh, I mean, I, th I think our arguments for these types of projects um, pertain to a particular square footage restriction that only applies to semi-detached houses and only applies to non-conforming semi-detached houses. Um, so in this case, as you know, it's a building on a lot that is non-created in a zoning district um, and a, a use type, you know, semi-detached versus a one-family home that, you know, all these factors compound and they're not especially unique. Um, there's not a lot of R27 semi-detached houses um, that were built prior to 1950. It's not especially common. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Freshman. Um, 
I believe I heard the speaker say that a, a lot of detail for the project wasn't circulated. As I think that's what she said. Um, and if that's the case, maybe the applicant can respond to what, since there were, we have evidence of a lot of neighbors, um, particularly on Oakland, fewer on Nelson, that um, have signed off on the project, apparently. It would be helpful to know what kind of information was actually shared with all of those people that might be different from what the speaker said. You both going to comment to that. I can comment from the beginning. And you are? I'm the architect. And so I would have worked with um, the staff to formulate the application, um, to put forth the um, documents. Could you be closer oh, to the mic? To, yes. To you put can forth raise the mic. You can raise. There's a, on the, on the top. There you go. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's um, a combination because I think there's some dates getting confused here because none of the drawings were completed or submitted to the BZA um, until we had the application in, obviously. Uh, we had already circulated the documents to uh, Blake and Meg, uh, providing them with the uh, form we were going to use. I mean, this is all sort of prescribed, right, by the, by the BZA process. So we did all that. And once we had basically the approval of these documents and the drawings, and we had already submitted them, then um, uh, the homeowner went ahead and started going around to the neighborhood. But it wasn't until we made the application that we ever went around to any of the neighbors. And when was that? Um, that would have been because it was the month ahead of that. March. But, um, so are you saying that that all of the outreach to all of the neighbors included the actual plans that you had already submitted to the county? Well, I can't, I mean, the homeowner can attest because, that. Well, I but think they were, they, were, they were, yeah, yeah, they were available um, and, and she did have plans. And again, I'll let Lori speak to that. Okay. Um, but there is a, from a timing issue, there was never an intent to deceive. I mean, all the drawings were based on information we'd given the BZA we never went around to a neighbor beforehand so that the drawings um, were relevant and accurate to what was submitted um, with the BZA. We just need to know that the all the approvals from the neighbors are the same plans that we're all looking yes. at. Yes, yeah, absolutely. There's only one plan set. I mean, there never was. I think the question is for, you know, when you obtain the signatures, what you know, what material did you share with your neighbors? I, I have the plat, so every single neighbor would know the L shape of the addition. That was the first document that I would discuss with individuals, or I would send it to them when they asked. The plat? The, yes, so that would show the shape of the addition. I then described to individuals that it was a basement and two levels. I described that we were over the 50%, 68% would be above ground. I, if, if they wanted to see any of the plans in at least, I, I wanna say 10 cases, but I don't want, I, I wanna be accurate. I sat down at neighbors 
homes. I had a, a, a folder and I would show them, this is the basement. This is the plan for the first floor and took them through the plans for the property. Any questions that were asked of me, I answered. And in order to get people to even respond to me initially, it took a note, a personal note, a, a card with a note, knocking on the door because they still didn't talk to me until I could get people face to face. And then I would make appointments, go sit in there at their dining room tables or meet with them in their living rooms and make available any documents that they wanted. There's no surreptitiousness at all. And I can't even tell you the number of hours and days that I spent trying to make sure that our neighbors would be comfortable. Um, so thank you. I have to say I've never I've, I've never had a, a homeowner go to the extent of neighborhood cooperation and and outreach than Ms. Fischler has. I mean, to the point where she even went to the local community, um, the Ashton Heights community, and invited that uh, representative over, went through the plans, went through the drawings. They cannot say yes or no that they supported it because that's not their place, um, but they didn't have a problem with it either. So, I mean, it, there was total outreach with all one, one set of plans and only one set of plans. I, I do just want to say with my adjacent neighbor, we met for several hours. They were in our house, reviewed the plans. With the neighbors directly behind me, there are two of them who have both provided support. In both cases, we had extensive discussions. Thank you. Any further discussion? Any further discussion or? Um, you know, it will shock everyone that I have something to say. Um, I um, have, a, I can, I mean, look, we, we uh, have talked about these R27 cases for, for many a moons in this uh, boardroom. Um, and um, I did a lot of um, research um, in, uh, in order to get past the first two tests, which is the, the hardship test or the, the physical condition. And I have found support for the idea that um, a non-conforming house that existed prior to the enactment of the zoning ordinance, um, that the physical property can be considered a, a hardship. But my problem remains, continually remains to be that this appears to be a problem of the county board and not this board. Um, and I think one of the rationales between before that is so that this board doesn't overrule county zoning policy and just gives blanket approval to these types of of cases that do continually come before this board almost at a rate of one a month, at least for the last couple of months or or this, since I have been a, a member of this board, we have more often than not had one of these cases on the agenda um, every time. And while I personally think that um, this rule um, that requires um, this homeowner to come before us is absurd and ridiculous, um, that's not my place here to make that judgment for the county board. Um, and so I don't think I can su support this as my position. That being said, there are four others here. Ms. Arthurs. I typically, I agree and I disagree. Um, you guys know I pretty much always support these. Um, this seems 
a little too big in this situation. Um, so I'm inconsistent here. And I, I didn't get to that threshold, right? So I, yeah, I can't, before. I can't support this. And so I stopped my analysis. So I am not, I, I did not get to the, the, the neighbors. I did not get to the size. I cannot support this for, for, you know, I think that this is a county board issue. And um, as I distributed my draft letter that I want to include on the report. So I'm trying to move that ball forward. I don't know if that will be fruitless or not. Um, but I just, my feeling is, is that this is not our board's job um, to overrule our local board, even as much as I disagree with, with what the rule is. Because this is not, you know, this is not a one-off zoning decision. This is a, this is a, a, an issue that is clearly reoccurring before this board. And that's, that has been my position um, for, for some time. I'm, I wasn't here in 2013. <laughs> I don't I don't think I think numbers wise I'm not sure that it's gonna factor in if I could I know my son, my colleagues I could ask um Blake or Meg given what um the chair has said um can you help us with why you have recommended this be approved knowing the issue we've had with our two sevens in general and um and even the previous variance tonight you know that because the staff's recommendation is always very helpful and sometimes even persuasive so in this case we have at least two people who aren't persuaded and i didn't know if there is anything additional beyond what you've written in your conclusion that might help us one way or another um, I don't want to speak for Meg since Meg wrote the report and she might have um, additional insights. One thing I think that is a reason to support this request, and it was mentioned by Mr. Kretzinger in his remarks, is that in every other facet, setback-wise and total lot coverage-wise, height-wise, um, this addition is by right. Um, as well as, as Mr. Kreisinger mentioned, a substantial portion of the square footage is below grade um, and is not visible to neighbors. And those are factors that we felt um, you know, helped the recommendation as well. I think just to add to that too, if this had been built the size that they're requesting right now, it would have been allowed by right prior to 1950 with the ordinance coming into effect. This house was built in 1939. That's helpful. Thank you. Hmm. I, I think the discussion is with the board at this point. What is the board's pleasure? I'll make a motion, but I'm I'm going to make a negative, um, and that means um, looking at the motion language and and deciding which whereases we disagree with or I disagree with. Well, if you're going to deny it, you don't have to go through all that. You'd have to have a finding. We got caught we up. We got caught up with that. Yeah, you don't. We we got caught up with okay the fact that. Um, but if we don't have the findings, then we get reversed on appeal. We get reversed. So uh, I'm looking at the 
strict application would I'm looking at this so that says would not Easy would not alleviate a hardship. If would not be detrimental. If, if anyone, I don't think there's a motion on the table yet. No, if, any, if anyone wanted to do the approval motion, that could be quicker if, yeah. if there are the votes. I don't know. Yes. Does not sound that that is this board's pleasure. Is somebody making a positive motion? I don't think so. Okay. Then right. I'm still working on the. <laughs> if anyone was inclined to make a positive motion, that would be quicker. I don't know if that's this board's pleasure. Yes. Ms. Freshman. I move Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution approving variance V 11831 23 VA 1, subject to the conditions listed. Is there a second? I second. Ms. Arth uh, Arthurs seconded. Uh, motion motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Arthurs for approval as advertised. Any further discussion with the board? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice? No. Ms. Freshman? Aye. Ms. Clark? Aye. Ms. Arthurs? Aye. Chair votes no. The motion to grant the application passes three to two. Congratulations and good luck. The next one we already did. All right, Mr. Bowen, call the next case, please. They're waiting for. Yes, Mr. Kaplan. Uh, the very next case. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the very next case on the agenda is case number V-11834-23-UP-1, which was included in the group motion at the start of the hearing. So I will move to the follow-up case to that, which is case number V-11835-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Carter Jones on behalf of John Lamb, Jacqueline Lamb, Simeon Zabchev, Dobrina Lian Guzova, the owners, to permit a left side setback of 2.5 feet to the stormwater planter instead of five feet as required, to permit a rear setback of 2.5 feet to the accessory building wall, 1.5 feet to the eave instead of 10 feet to the wall and eave as required, to permit a street setback of 16 feet to the covered areaway structure instead of 25 feet as required from 18th Street South, and to permit a street setback of 17.9 feet to the new building eaves instead of 21 feet as required from 18th Street South regarding a new two detached garage, a new two-story addition, a deck, a porch, a covered areaway structure, and stormwater planter boxes on a corner lot in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 1731 South Nelson Street within the Douglas Park Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. And as of yet, we have not received any additional speakers for this case, nor do we have any supplemental materials. Are there any questions for staff? Um, I will point out just that uh, I have a, some questions on the disclosure statement, and I, I probably are intended for the applicant. But we've got some, we've got four applicants. Um, we've got signatures from two. 
I'm not sure which two, and we don't have addresses for everybody. So, all right, well, let me I think take it back. I see we got two applications here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for to meet the signature lines, I think they broke it between yeah. two. They had two on the so first that, one, two on the other. What's happened here is there's yes. two disclosure statements. Yes, okay. with four owners, there's only two signature lines per disclosure form. So we have two disclosure forms. Got it. That that answers that question. Thank you. Any other questions? Mr. Bowen, the um this the, the planter in this case, is that required as part of this project or is that a is that a optional feature? That may be a question better suited for the applicant. Um, okay. We do not often deal with stormwater planters, so I cannot say I'm the best person to ask that. I feel like they're on all new construction that's right, that's now. Right, right. So I, it, I think that that's right, and I just wanted to, but I don't know that. Yeah, it would have been a comment triggered probably by our uh, zoning plan review group, and the applicant may be aware of that. Okay. Mr. Chairman, can I ask that yes. another question? Please. Um, in the new building referred to is the garage. That's the new building we're talking about here. Yeah, otherwise it's a two-story addition atop existing okay. building walls, but, the new building. But it's a permitted street setback to the new building, and that refers to the garage. Is that right? Permitted a street setback of 16 feet to the covered areaway structure, um, and then whereas I'm looking at the... It's permitted a street setback of 17.9 to the new building. Yes. That would be to the garage, I believe. All right. So I'm trying to find that dimension yeah, on, the, on the plans. And I'm not understanding. Well, let me take a look at the plat and I will get back to you in just a moment. Because it would suggest that the garage is going to be in a different location than what it is on the plat. Are you speaking about the 17.9? Right there. What setback? Pardon? What setback are we referring to? What what for, what setback are you asking about? The, oh, the new building Eve. Oh yes. yes. Uh, sorry, new building is the garage. New building Eve is actually the street setback to the upper level building Eve um, so on can, the house. They can build by right above the walls, but the new roof Eve is going to overhang. So, so new building is not the garage. The new building Eve is referring to the Eve on the house. The new, there is a new building that is a garage, yes. To permit a street setback of 17.9 to the new building. Eves. Eves, okay. New building Eves, sorry, I misunderstood right. your yeah. question. Eves, okay. So where is that? So that's where? Yeah, where is that? Um, let me, Meg, are you possibly able to pull that application on the screen? Uh, it's not loading for me very quickly. Oh, I see it. There's a two foot eaves by the stairs on the right side, and that dimension to the 19. street is 19.9. So that's the 17.9. So that, that, oh, I see the eave dimension is not called out. It's to, below the stairs. Yeah, there's notation noting it's a two foot eave. Um, it the, actually like goes the vertical text, it's actually rotated. Um, below the the stairway on the right side of the plot. So, so it would permit a street setback to the new building eaves. So, do the eaves that are there right now not? Are they not two feet? 
So the way, yeah, the way this works um, is Article 16 of the zoning ordinance allows you to build over non-conforming building walls as long as they don't encroach any further. So any further encroachment beyond those existing building walls that doesn't meet setbacks requires relief via setback modification. And the old plot doesn't have so, the eaves on there. Yeah, at least not two foot eaves. So the 19.9 is existing wall. Is yep. that what we're saying? The 19.9 is the existing. Yep. The fact Correct. that we're building up and now adding eaves is what's causing is what's being requested. Yes, in that location, they're adding a two-foot eave over the existing building wall, and the eave does not meet the required street setback of 21 feet, so it requires relief via the use permit. But the structure does not require. The structure does not. No, Article 16 would allow a vertical addition straight up as long as it doesn't go any closer to the street than what's there now. So the wall being exactly flush with the walls below it allows it by right. That portion. Got it. Is there more questions? Is the applicant with us? I assume virtually. Yeah, they are. I'm virtually. Mr. Jones or Mr. Uh, there's four of you. Who who are we who are we talking to? Uh, this is yeah. Uh, this is Carter Jones. I'm the architect I'm and agent for the uh, homeowners. Um, I'd like to start by thanking um, Blake and Meg for helping us through the uh, application process and thank the BZA for considering the application. Um, uh, to start with, I'd like to answer your question about the planter boxes. The um, if you if the land disturbance on a project is more than 2,500 square feet, then we have to comply with the stormwater uh, requirements through DES. And um, when they with the, the civil engineer runs stormwater calculations, and frequently um, we have to put stormwater planners in to treat stormwater on the site instead of having it run into the uh, storm sewers and then into the bay. Thank you. Anything additional? Um, no, the only other I think I think Blake clarified the, the the question about the eaves. We I've had other use permits over the years that that we've submitted for this same reason. Uh, in Arlington, you can go straight up with a second floor addition, but um, you have to get the eaves approved through a use permit. So if if you did a roof that had no overhangs, it it, it looks kind of uh, strange, and so we always have to come in and ask permission to put the uh, overhang on the roof once we uh, do the addition. If there are any other questions, uh, the, the owners and I are both available to, to answer. Any questions from the board? My only comments on this is I think we were missing some feedback and it's a relatively big project. We were missing some of the neighborhood outreach unless um, I missed it. Mm -hmm. So we're I, hoping to see something from 3700 3700 is probably the biggest one um but i i would like 3608 and 1726 but probably not as big as 3700 so if if uh you or one of the applicants can speak to outreach to those that might be helpful 
Um, yeah, the applicants went to the neighbors to uh, tell them about the project and to get signatures. I was not involved in that process, so per perhaps they could um, address that. What was, what was the address? What was the address you said you were most concerned about? Um, Thirty-seven hundred, and that would be Eighteenth um, Street. Cat a corner across the street. Uh, I just from personal knowledge, I don't think that thirty-seven hundred probably would have um, signed anything. I live in the neighborhood, and um, I think they're um, not mentally able to. Ah, thank you. No, what? No, mentally what I, able. Can you speak into the microphone? I don't think that they're mentally able to say anything. Just from I live in the neighborhood, and I've walked by a bunch of times. I don't know that Did they would have. mentally. Yes. Can the applicant speak to any of that, or or their outreach to some to to the any of these? <laughs> Assuming there's an applicant on the line. Uh, this is Carter Jones again. I, it's my understanding that they were on the line. I'm not sure if they're having technical difficulties, but um, the the house that you were asking about is also a, a, a fairly large house um, with a larger footprint than than the one that we're proposing. But based Someone. on the street, based on the my, my recollection of the home. And it's somewhat screened by trees, by trees and bushes in the uh, in the corner facing the home that we're submitting. Yeah, so, someone just turned on their camera, so someone might be ready to talk. I think you're muted, sir. Unmute yourself. Thank you. Okay, got it. Thank you. Much better. All right, got it. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, John Lamb. I'm one of the owners uh, of this property. Um, are you guys able to see the mouse movement on this? No, no, we just okay, see a picture it. of your face. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting to go on camera. So, uh, yeah, no, we went to all the adjacent neighbors uh, with the exception of the big one in the corner. I don't know why my um, why we didn't approach that one. Um, um, we we hit the next door neighbor. We hit the one across. We hit the one to the side. We hit the one to the back. Uh, we didn't purposely try to ignore anybody. It just didn't. Um, we just having having not been through this process process before, we just thought we had to, you know, contact the adjacent neighbors, and those are what we found were adjacent. Um, we didn't think about the one that was Caddy Corner. That wasn't intentional. Thank you. Sure. Anything further from the board? Discussion with the board. whatever it's worth. I'm in support of the application. Thank you. You can't you speak into the mic. I did speak into the mic for whatever it's worth. I'm in support of the application. I'll make a motion. Ms. Freshman. I move board of zoning appeals approve the attached proposed resolution granting use permit V-11835-23-UP1 dash 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 subject to the conditions listed. 
I'll second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Malice. Is there any further discussion? Hearing none, Ms. Malice. Oh, sorry, Ms. Ms. Malice. I just, just wanna, I, I think the advertisement is a little hard to follow with the new building thing, but I, the plans clearly show what the dimensions are. Um, I think it could have been advertised a little bit clearer. <laughs> new building is, so anyway. I will but, but I vote aye. Ms. Malice, aye. Uh, Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the application passes five to zero. This concludes the matter. Good luck with your project. Mr. Bowen, call the next case, please. Yes, Mr. Kaplan. Uh, the next case is case number V-11836-23-UP-2. Uh, this is a use permit request by Robert Bowman and Dina Esposito, the owners, to permit a street setback of 18.6 feet to the wall in Portico, 17.6 feet to the eave. Instead of 25 feet to the wall in Portico, 21 feet to the eave is required from North Quintana Street and to permit a right side setback of 9.9 .9 feet to the wall instead of 10 feet as required regarding a new one-story front addition previously approved by the BZA to an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 1838 North Quintana Street in the Arlington East Falls Church Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Is there any supplemental material? Do we have any speakers? We have no supplemental material, nor any speakers who have signed up to speak on this case. And Mr. Bowen, uh, uh, this yeah. is a repeat of, a, of an expired approval? That's it, correct. correct. It got approved in December 8, 2021. And unfortunately, with one of the conditions that they need to get the approved building permit within a year, unfortunately, they didn't get the approved building permit within a year time frame from that date. By the way, my wife and I are on. I don't know if you're asking if the owners are on. Hold on one second. Are there any questions for staff? Is the applicant with us? Yes, sorry, Robert Bowman, and my wife is also on, Dina Esposito. Sounds okay, sounds good. So, uh, and unfortunately my wife's camera is not working, so she's asked me to go ahead and, and uh, do the speaking, but first of all, thanks to the staff for the initial recommendation for approval and for the BZAs, uh, agreeing to it the first time around. Uh, and again, thanks to the staff for recommending it again. I'll be very brief. Um, I'm speaking to you from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm over here on work, and so it's about three, well, coming up on four in the morning. So I will just give the highlights of uh, the two primary points, which were, uh, this is, uh, we lived in the house for 30 years. We'd like to live in the house another 30. The house was built in 1937. So the entranceway is um, part of the, the biggest problem is the entranceway is, very problematic to get through. It's very tight uh, at the, as you move in and out. There's a little room to carry things in and out. Um, we'd like to age in place and um, any kind of disability or uh, uh, any need for anything along those lines would be very problematic to get in. So that's the primary purpose along with uh, expanding the entranceway allows us to also expand the uh, adjacent bedroom, which uh, would allow us to move from the bedroom upstairs to the ground floor. Um, there are another number of other reasons to go along with that or in the application. As I say, I would be brief. Um, and uh, unfortunately, last year with COVID, we had a challenging time 
getting the builders to get back to us and coordinate with the architect. So the architect ended up um, submitting the uh, permit in January, but the the permit has expired. So the the build actually, the architect didn't submit anything until January and not put it all on him. It was also my mistake because I misremembered when the uh, the use permit was going to expire, which my wife is still giving me grief about, which is why we're mm-hmm. here. I'm still on it uh, almost four in the morning. <laughs> Any questions of the applicants? Well, there was a time when we extended that period too, where we used to allow two or three years. Yeah. Um, so there could have been some confusion. With I'm questionable prepared. legality though. I'm prepared to make a motion. Um, I just, a quick question for the applicant and then motion. Um, can you uh, can you speak to your knowledge of any of your neighbors have moved in the since since the last approval? No, they're all the same. They're all just wondering why we haven't started the project. Great. <laughs> and I have to say that's basically I, I and, and to your point, I think I had read someplace it was two years. So I kept telling my wife, I think we still have time. Um, but yes, the neighbors. The neighbors <laughs> We did make that exception during COVID, understanding some of the problems, but then we reverted back to one year some time ago. So, unfortunately, you fell into that trap. Ms. Freshman. I moved Board of Zoning oh, Appeals. Sorry. Nope, go ahead. Approve the attached proposed resolution, approving use permit B 11836 23 UP1, subject to the conditions listed. I'll second. Motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Clark. Any further discussion? Hearing none, I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the application passes five to zero. Good luck. Hopefully we uh, get it done this time. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you. Thank you and good night. <laughs> bye bye. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bowen, Here. next case, please. Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the next case is case number V-11837-23-UP-1. This is a use permit request by Rachel DeBalm on behalf of Kate uh, Wetham, the owner, to permit a right-side setback of 3.2 feet to the proposed window well instead of eight, five feet is required, excuse me, regarding the installation of a window well in an existing one-family dwelling in the R6 zoning district on the premises known as 313 North Irving Street within the Lion Park Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit request with conditions. Please note that we did receive one piece of supplemental material for this case. It's an email of support from the adjacent neighbor to the north. And we have no speakers that have signed up to speak on this case. Any questions for Steph? Is the applicant with us? She is. Hi there. Hi. Um, so uh, we are just seeking to replace an existing uh, basement window with an egress window. Um, the basement has been somewhat finished uh, previously, uh, and we're looking to kind of make the next move and and officially renovate that basement. Um, and to do so, we'd like to add a bedroom down there and just convert that existing window to an egress window, um, which we need a bigger well to do. Thank you. Any questions for the applicant? I have one. Ms. Malice. Um, I, I noticed that there, you didn't have, um, information from neighbors across the street from you. And I wondered, did you get a letter from us 
asking about that? Um, so when we first submitted the application, we sent out letters to um, the perimeter of neighbors. Uh, about a week ago, we did get an email from you all asking about the neighbor outreach. Um, and so we followed up with the three neighbors that were specifically called out in the email from uh, staff. Okay, and, and the result? Uh, we sent certified mail to them and they've uh, all three of them replied via email. So that is the supplements that um, we've added over the past week. I think we I got only one. We only got one of those given to us. That's why we're asking. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. you're fine. I have uh, emails from from three of the neighbors. Mr. Bowen, do you, do you show those? I could add to that. I think the email from Patty included the three adjacent neighbors, because at the time when Patty sent the email, we hadn't had any of those neighborhood letters online. We did receive two of those emails and have put them with the staff packet materials that we printed out for you guys. And then that third one that Patty had mentioned out is the one that we just got in the supplemental material. The only ones I saw with the address listed that Patty, uh, Patricia sent out were the three adjacent neighbors. I didn't see the neighbors listed in the email across the street. We can send the emails across. Okay, we, we can follow that up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Discussion with the board or motions. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> Ms. Freshman. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the attached proposed resolution granting the use permit V-11837-23-UP1 subject to the conditions listed. I'll second. Motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Clark. Is there any further discussion? Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes aye. The motion to grant the application passes five to zero. Enjoy your window well. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you call the next case, please? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, I'll notice that the next two cases in the agenda in its regular order, V-11838-23-UP-1 and V-11839-23-UP-1 uh, were both included in the group motion at the start of the hearing. So the next case on the agenda and the last case on the agenda is case number V-11840-23-VA-1, a variance request by Andrew Horowitz and Kathleen Teft, the owners, to permit a window well to an existing non-conforming multifamily residential building regarding the addition of a new window well in the RA-1426 district on the premises known as 4625 36th Street South within the Fairlington Civic Association. Staff recommends that the board adopt the attached proposed resolution granted a variance request with conditions. And we do not have any additional speakers who have signed up to speak, nor do we have any um, supplemental materials for this case. Any questions for staff? Barrington again. Is applicant applicant with us? Miss Carter, I assume. No, Horowitz or Taft. Mr. Horowitz. Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, yes, I appreciate the assistance of staff in preparing the application and I appreciate the consideration of the board. Uh, I was surprised to find out that this was improvement was not required a variance um, because many neighbors in my uh, neighborhood um, have 
made a similar improvement without a variance uh, because the my building is less than 20 feet from the next nearest building. It's non-conforming, and therefore my understanding is that any uh, similar improvement requires a variance, whereas if the building was 20 feet apart, it would be by right. Um, this is a relatively small improvement that we think will increase the comfort and safety of our home, and um, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to make it. I'm available for questions, but I don't think I had anything else uh, prepared to say beyond that. Thank you. Ms. Fre oh, sorry, Ms. Malice. So, Mr. Horowitz, uh, are you aware that um, previous, that the, the, the BZA has a difficulty with these applications because they really do not meet the standard for a variance? And so we've received a number of them. And in each case, we have encouraged the applicant to make a, to complain. You know, it, you are correct that in the past, these were done without uh, variances. Uh, are you aware of, have you spoken to other neighbors about this issue and, and how it's affecting you? Um. The short answer is yes, I have spoken to other neighbors. Some neighbors are able to make this. My understanding is that some neighbors have made this improvement when the rules were different, perhaps. Other neighbors, the rule doesn't apply to them because their building is more than mm -hmm. 20 feet from the next nearest building. And then other neighbors have gone before the BZA and gotten a variance. And, um, and when those and when those neighbors have come, we have encouraged them to complain to either through their civic association because technically we are not, these do not meet our standard. We have been approving them and I suspect that we're going to approve it tonight, but um, um, it's, a, it's a problem that to needs to be addressed with the county board. Yes, to your specific question, uh, that specific issue is honestly kind of beyond my personal interest and I did become aware of it only in the last couple days in speaking to another an, a neighbor that I know who recently had a case come before the board and so she sort of told me about the issue um, that was only a couple days ago that that specific issue came to my attention um, from my perspective I just want to put in the window well, and I want to do it legally and with permits and correctly, and that's my only interest before the board right now. Sir, I completely understand um, that you're caught in the middle of something. Uh, I, I will support this application tonight, but this may be the last application that I support because I think we are now getting one a month and this there's no standard that you know we have that would really allow this i make continue to be in a minority on this but i feel it's important that you know the records show that there is not agreement that this is the way to go any other comments i um I will not be supporting this application tonight, but I hope that it passes because I want to register that this, these are not going to 
you know, I will not be continually supporting um, these things um, because I think that again, as I don't know if you were here on the R2 uh, on the R27 issue that we had on the first case, but um, I, I think that this is a problem that the county board should fix and not not us. And I am not sure that we can pass the some of the hardship tests here, like I I have been able to on the uh, on the R27 issue. But like I said, I, I I am not encouraging any other board members to follow my lead because I hope that this one passes. I have a hard time penalizing unknowing applicants because somebody sent a plat to the zoning staff that was unknown to them for 70 years or 60 years. Um, so I'm I'm in support and I'll keep supporting probably for longer than I want to, but I just don't think that it, you know, it's their fault that we now know that it's a problem. And yes, the board needs to do something. I'm still fully supporting that, but I just don't want to penalize my fellow community members for that error in someone's judgment and sending that plat. I, I, and I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just think that if, if, um, applicants don't feel that they should take action to the county board and that they can just get their blanket approval with us, then why, why bother with the county board? And, you know, as, as um, um, Ms. Malice stated, these are fairly new issues that we're walk that we're working through. And like I said, my my vote here is more of a protest vote to have it be not 5-0 unanimous, uh, you know, and, and maybe at some point that'll continue going down that slide or it may not. And we don't know. And applicants don't know either. So. Mr. Chair. Yes, Ms. Freshman. I just encourage Mr. Horowitz to um, rally all of the support you can get in Fairlington. Because as the chair has just said, we we are sympathetic to the kinds of improvements that are coming to us all of a sudden. But um, the answer is for the county, for you all to organize yourselves in a way that forces the county board to deal with it and not for individuals like you having to come to us um, in hopes of um, finding sympathy because that's not going to be something that is going to be inevitable. However, to that end, I'm ready to make a motion. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Freshman. <laughs> I move the Board of Zoning Appeals adopt the proposed resolution approving variance V 11840 23 VA1, subject to the conditions listed. I second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman and seconded by Ms. Arthurs. Any further discussion? I will call the roll. Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes no. The motion to grant this application passes four to one. I think that concludes the hearing portion of this meeting. We did receive a comment in the chat that's supposed to be for technology issues. I don't know if we need to read that in the record. Do we, Blake? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, there was a comment that says, how long will it take to change the county board? Yeah, I'm just letting you know it's for technical purposes only, but it looks like some for technical purposes only. Yes. And, and this is board is not the forum for that answer. Nope. Mr. Chair. Ms. Freshman. I move approval of the minutes of the work session of March 15th, 2023, the regular meeting of April 11, 2023, and the administrative meeting of April 20, 2023. Miss Malice. Which version of the work session minutes? Whatever they gave me. 
because I had made some edits to it. I distributed I, for consideration. I just amongst the board, I distributed some edits um, to the work session minutes. Okay. okay, so I'll say the edited version of the administrative meeting. Is that acceptable? That's acceptable to me. If okay. This we didn't. I, does I, Mr. I, Bowen have a copy of that? He does not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll need a copy of that long term, but I, not immediately. I uh, and so I did not get any feedback from fellow board members except for Ms. Clark on the edits, and so we weren't sure what uh, what motion was being made. And for the record, the edits were to the March fifteenth work session. Just minutes? the work session. Just the work session minutes. Okay. So I'll I'll touch base I will, with you. I later. can get that to you. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to I didn't want to distribute it um, beyond staff until I had gotten more feedback from the board, which is will happen now. I suppose. Perfectly fair. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm sorry. Just to clarify, Miss Freshman, the motion is um, for the the um, updated version from Miss Malice for the work session, and then the other two as posted. Is there a second? Second. A motion made by Miss Freshman and seconded by Miss Malice for the approval of minutes. Is there any further discussion? Ms. Malice. Aye. Ms. Freshman. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. You probably. I was at the work session. No, uh, I we did all three together. Oh, then Sorry. I. That doesn't work. I can't vote Mark. three of them. You have to do them separately. Ms. Arthurs was not at last month's meeting, so she can't vote. Or the I was at the other one. Either. She was at not two. Correct. Of so, motion. Uh, so, yeah, just leave it at four to zero. Four to zero. Okay, so you are you recused from all three? I guess. Uh, chair votes aye. The motion to grant um, the minutes passes four to zero. 